This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Xanatari. She's a good-aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for 75 years. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? One of the beauties of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesine. I'm Eric. And I'm Tinzian. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is March, Friday, March something, 19th? I don't know. 21st! 21st. <laughs> first day of spring. A first official day of spring. Uh, yes. And so I'm going to skip the rest of the intro because this is a very special episode where we don't have Thorn, and we're going to do one of our kind of Eric and I episodes. So I'm going to let Tinsian give you an intro on what that's about. And so Dungeon Master, you are a go. For the next couple of weeks, um, at least every other week, Thorn has got some real-life obligations that he needs to attend to. And it's going to take away from the main story. So the uh, cast came up with the idea of trying to do a forked um, set of storylines based on NPCs that the party may have interacted with. And so we're going to do a little side tales. I'll mark them up nice and pretty in the RSS feed so people know what's going on. But I largely, as usual, don't know what they've got planned, so it'll still follow the standard uh, doing the story on the fly type deal. So, um, I think this one is going to involve the current story where the Medusa, well, that's out of character knowledge, but the Medusa that is interacting with Acolyte Priest, Bishop, Pope Jeff the something something <laughs> at Xantari's Temple. And uh, there's apparently some other priests located around the room. I think because Cesar was quite eager today and he kept messaging me all day going, I have ideas, I have ideas, I have ideas. I think it would probably start with him for this first time around and then uh, we will um, cycle in and see where this goes. It may land like a Malaysian jet in the either on the ground or in Ouch. the water, but... Uh, We'll see how this pig flies. So, um, Cesar, welcome to the show and your weekly mute button check. Here we are. Yes, we are. All yours. All right. So, what's the exact situation in terms of what's going on? Okay. Do you want this to be before the party arrives, or do you want this to be as the party is already inside and you guys come walking in? Honest, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Just the, the situation was enough for me to, to just create a, a basic character. The story that I have isn't really, um, doesn't have to build off of that, so, um, okay. it's fine to be whatever. There were, there was a peal of bells from the tower above. In the cathedral, or the okay. church, or whatever you guys want to call it. The party is not presently there as yet, but um, the Acolyte Jeff has been doing the morning ritual, has just mm -hmm. recently dismissed people, and there's a few priests milling about. 
everyone's kind of off to do their chores. Uh, breakfast has already happened, and um, the there's a knocking at the door, sort of the banging at the door before the door is open. Okay. Well, um, the character that I'm playing right now is he's a paladin for the church. He's a uh, so not 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 like the practicing priest type. Uh, more of a very defendery type of individual. He's a dragonborn. Uh, his name is Gep, and uh, I would say he might be guarding the door actually. So um, he would turn uh, to to the knocking at the door, uh, swing it open wide, and uh, upon seeing whoever it is, says, "Yes, hello. Can I help you?" Standing before you is the. A uh, figure that is entirely wrapped in this cloth covering with a kind of a quasi-gauze facial mask. Yeah. You see, as before, uh, stuff moving under the hood. And um, with them, with this creature or this person, is a number of short lizardmen mm-hmm. and two tall lizardmen. Also somewhat... Draconic. Um, as you open a door, which normally is open probably within, you know, 15 minutes of now, just for general passage, so having someone knock early isn't quite all that strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sort of get an indication of almost surprise that there is a fellow lizard or dragon type creature standing there. Would you describe your armor and other things? Would there be anything that would... Um, still working on the details. I mean, he is, you know, he's going to be fully armored. Um, you know, some sort of plate, shiny armor. Um, you know, with... I haven't decided the type of weapon yet. Uh, came up with this today. But, uh, you know, shield, weapon, um, helm. He's, uh, like a, a, sort of like a mustardy colored dragon. Like a, yellow, like a darkish yellow, um, but otherwise he seems he's ready for for guard duty or whatever else might be asked of him. Okay. Um, as a, a paladin of the church, are you rocking any prominent holy symbols? Uh, no. Um, you know they whatever he's actually relatively new to the church. Um, so if there's something that they had maybe asked him to wear, um that he might have something like that. I don't know if there might be a tabard or something that he would be wearing. Okay. Um, so, um, but other than that, nothing, uh, nothing else. You will note that, um, the, all the lizard creatures are a green or some variant of green, uh, something that would be well camouflaged in the woods. And they seem taken aback. The, the ones that are not covered, and very surprised that a yellow or mustardy colored uh, lizard creature would be here, as if you are part of it at first a um, a different faction that they were not expecting to have to deal with. But okay. the figure rat holds up a hand, and the hand is likewise gloved. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also got a mixture of glove and sort of gauze binding wrapped around it. Okay. And you can easily tell that the fingers are clawed, but the claws are also wrapped up. Okay. 
and the, there's a motion for the lizard people to hold in place and to not react. So I'll kind of just, you know, jerk the leash on them, so to speak. Sure. They all immediately stop, but you are a central point of uh, focus, without doubt. The uh, figure turns, and with this uh, ladylike voice that you wouldn't expect out of this type of whatever this might be, you've never seen anything like it, um, addresses you with a slight tilt of the head, addresses you as brethren. And then says something in a language um, that is for you. I'm presuming that you speak Draconic. Mm-hmm. Um, any are the particular strains of Draconic, or just Draconic in general? Uh, well, he was born and raised in Winterfell, or Winter Winterfell. Damn. <laughs> <And> <laughs> The Starks kicked him out, so he <laughs> yep. made his way to Winterhaven. Yep, no, the was, wall. He, <laughs> he was born and raised in Winterhaven, so whatever that would mean. So you're a dragon of the mustard, you can't have any hot dogs. Yeah, it, he speaks Pouponese. You can't, you can't relish anything. <laughs> Matthew, I'm looking at you as I say these. Oh, come on, we have to catch up. Okay. He's had some run-ins with the mayor. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep, thank you. Thank you for getting that one out of the way for me there, Eric. Um, the So whatever the local dialect would be, or draconic. Okay. The You hear it, you realize that it's draconic, but um, you actually almost have to kind of plumb your brain for some historical sense, because it's almost sort of like somebody walking in and doing extremely old English on okay. know, one of us these days. Well, Gat might have trouble with that because he has an aid intelligence, but go on. Well, Draconic is being spoken, but it's sure. a... He's okay. just not the quickest the quickest fellow, so he was. Yeah. he's probably just going to be muddling through it. Yeah, so it, it's it's sort of like the Italians have shown up and they're just really, 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 you know, going at it full bore speed instead of maybe something slower that would be needed for, uh-huh. you know, a high school student. Um, okay. Okay, so the figure starts to speak to you, and then are you going to have like any sort of indication that you you're getting this, or would it be quick that you know the figure's got to slow down? Um, you probably let him say what he's going to say. Okay, you get the feeling that the figure is regarding you for a moment, uh, perhaps realizing that you haven't gotten everything that's been said. And switches to the common tongue. Again, it's a bit of a dated version of it, but much easier for you to understand. And okay. it readdresses you. Okay. Brethren, I seek entrance. May I pass? What business have you in this church? Do you mean us any harm? <laughs> Looking around <laughs> at the figures uh, standing behind it, um, and then back to back to your character. Uh, the answer is uh, no. No harm is intended. We are merely here seeking a diplomatic means to a problem, diplomatic solution to a problem. And we have been told that the emissaries of the town can often be found here. Mm. Well, we're... We're not open yet. Um, hold on a sec. 
and he shuts the door in her face, and he goes to find Acolyte Jeff. Okay. Xanatari. Okay, I'm going to have to rewind just slightly, if that's okay. Yep. Um, basic stuff about my character. Her name is Judy, the priest, and she was a previous barmaid at the tavern before it unexpectedly burned down, and she needed to look for work. Uh, she's half Eladrin, half human, and is used to sort of having her her living based on her charms and, you know, some servitude, essentially. So, because of this burning tavern, she has a very uh, strong aversion to fire, a very, like, need to make sure that everything is safe in regard to that. So what she does is she basically lights the tapers at the cathedral. She's in charge of making sure all the candles are lit and, you know, safe and appropriate and all that stuff for the different services that they have. So she would be walking in the cathedral, making sure that you know, all the candelabras are lit and everything. And um, notice that one of the windows that are usually barred and with uh, wooden beams uh, was ajar because the candles are blowing out on that side of the cathedral. So going to investigate that, she would look out the window and see the troop of strange cowled figures you know, moving towards the church and and be alarmed at that point. So not a particularly brave lass. Uh, she would be very scared and kind of skulking around the uh, the entrance, trying to figure out a way to get away from the uh, people that she knows are about to to come in and go back into the recesses and sort of hide. Now, is this the fire that was due to the party's actions and adventures, or is this another separate fire that may have happened? <laughs> no, of course, it's ours. Okay. Um, well, Judy, even though she is not brave would probably notice two things because she's aware of one that um, sometimes the uh, window shutters can be locked. There's sort of a, a flip clip over a, a peg on one of the shutters so they can be secured. And also, even though this church is still somewhat new, there's still some renovations going on here and some additional bits and pieces coming along. Well, it would, one, would be noticed that the shutter lock, the flip clip, has not been broken, but it has been clearly opened. So someone had to come by and open the window. But it was done kind of sloppily. You're used to people being somewhat more tidy here. But for the audience's notice, there would actually be a gap between the two shutters that would be enough for someone to take a knife and lift the clip up. There's also a small, and by small, about a two-foot tall, uh, rocky gargoyle statue that someone has left on the floor under the window. Hmm. Okay, you said, what was the size of this, dimensions? About two foot tall. Okay, so is it something that she could lift, being a fairly undernourished member of Winterhaven? Um, 
Yeah, it, it's got a lot of surprising heft. So someone didn't like carve out the stone. It's, you know, someone carved into a large piece of stone, but it, it's got some heft, but you could probably kind of, kind of drag it along. Okay. Um, she'd be very annoyed that this is laying out, you know, on the ground in a fairly tidy church that she spends a lot of time you know, making sure everything is just so. And, uh, taking care not to scrape the floor in any way. She would try to, like, hoist this um, toward the front of the church so she could take it outside or at least a question um, <coughs> Father Priest Pope Acolyte Jeff about uh, why this is here because mm-hmm. it seems strange to her to be left on the floor and it's not a symbol of um, the God that she's aware of at all. Okay. Um, someone was really sloppy, like one of the workmen or whatever. They must have had, like, lunch over here because as you start to move it, a uh, small dagger, kind of like the a good jackknife, a good handyman sized uh, jackknife okay. blade, um, falls from where someone must have left it on top of the statue or somewhere. Just you know, someone had put it there. Um, falls to the floor. Okay. Uh, Judy Priest is going to steal this because she does have to trim the candle tapers every once in a while. The wicks get long and things like that. And because, you know, she just doesn't get a lot, so this could be useful in some way. So she's going to slip that in her robe and keep it. Judy Priest Priest may or may not notice that this is actually a pretty well, nicely made uh, blade, but um, seems kind of old, but still very sharp, so it'll probably do a great deal of work for you. Okay. All right, so you start dragging the thing along, and... um, Acolyte Jeff, Joe Jim Bob, Hope (laughs) Wizard Bob, something, something, whatever. He's still at the altar. Um, Cesar, I don't, I forget what your character's name is if you've given that yet. Gep. Gep. Um, should Gep be needing him? He's still kind of putting away the remains of the, uh, the morning ritual and just kind of generally tidying up about the altar and getting ready to, for when the door is open to meet with the first of the day's visitors. So, um, Gep would rush over to him from the door and say, uh, uh, Mr. Jeff, there's, there's some people here that they want to come in. Uh, I know it's early. Uh, I wanted to check with you. Um, should I, should they, can they come in? Hmm. Jeff kind of looks back and starts to inquire as to the nature of the visitors. You know, is it one of the townsfolks? Is there an emergency? Is, you know, someone someone hurt? Or is this just the, the daily petitioners? Um, they look weird. Um, there's some lizard guys, uh, some little ones, some bigger ones. And there's this person who's, like, covered in black stuff. And it sounds like a lady, but I don't know. Because I couldn't see their face. But they said they don't want to do any harm to us. Dude, and I, I believe them. Jeff just kind of gives a sort of chortle, faint kind of momentary pause. <sighs> he just sighs, but then just kind of collects himself and goes, well, if... You believe them, then well, let them in. This, you know, this this church has always been open, and 
Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I just go, knew. Go. I knew it was an open time. So, um, all right, I'll let him in. <laughs> Jeff um, puts his hands on the altar and uh, awaits for Gep to uh, be on his way and do the task. Yep. And he uh, sort of shuffles back to the door and he um, pulls it open and he says, Okay, um, I checked and you can come in. So, come on in. Welcome to the this church. <laughs> <laughs> this church of... Uh, <clears throat> I, I almost, I almost kind of want to think that um, the first person that actually names the deity in character or whatever for this church uh, is going to wind up getting electrocuted or some crazy nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because <laughs> it's like one of the big unsolved bits of this whole <laughs> this whole thing. Um, well, Gep doesn't know, so he's not going to be able to. <laughs> Gep's a, Gep's a temp, temp worker from the uh, local Well 101. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. All right. Um, the emissary that's all wrapped up is um, also wearing. It's, it's kind of a combination between a jade green wrap and some other variants of green, some hints of black, but you can't tell if it's perturbed that it had the door shoved in its shoved closed in its face or not. But you get a nod. And the, um, the figure starts moving forward. You start to notice also that there appear to be some snakes of different sizes that are trailing in behind as if, um, the fabric that was at the floor was, had like a, had a bit of a train to it or some extra material. So it was kind of flowing along. So there's some snakes falling along. And there's a snake or two that is looking out from different crevices in the um, the fabric. What guys, watch out! There's some snakes. I gotta get them. And um, Gep pulls out his his morning star and uh, makes to smack the snakes on the ground, slithering in. Okay. <laughs> um, go ahead and roll for an attack. Okay. I don't have any modifiers yet, but I'll give you the raw roll. Just give me the raw roll. You can use your imagination. We're, how this is done is we didn't actually do formal character sheets for this just to see what the experiment is, so it's the usual kind of BS over numbers that it generally is. Uh, roll to two. Okay. Um, you go to do this, and as you start your downward arc, the mm-hmm. figure reaches behind, just a bit behind itself, doesn't turn to look, but knows exactly where your hand is and catches your the shaft of the uh, the morning star. Okay. And locks it in place. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. uh, and mean- you got in the way. I, I'm trying to hit these snakes. That would not be necessary. Well, we can't have snakes running around in here. I'm supposed to keep out stuff like that. We did promise you that no harm is intended, or trouble is intended. Well, oh, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm, I'm trying to get these snakes. The snakes are supposed to be here. What? Oh, they're your snakes? Yes. Oh, 
Oh, they're your pets. I'm sorry. And he tries to take his Morningstar back if he can. Like, put it back. I don't know if he's ripping it in place or if he's just keeping it from... It's sort of like trying to trying to um, haul it out of, like, it's been encased in rock. The strength of whatever this creature is is quite great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Moves its hand so that it, it ri- raises your Morningstar back up almost to um, straight up in the air before letting it go. Okay. And the hand remains to see if you start to do anything that would start to bring the Warhammer, I mean the Morningstar back down. Uh, no, he sheaths it back where it goes. Okay. The... Hand retracts, and you notice that as it's moving, um, since its hand has been close to you, there's smell of different sort of spices. But there's also sort of that's a covering to um, this weird kind of musk smell. Okay. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Judy is dragging the statue uh, across the floor, and this cathedral has really high ceilings and is fairly open. Mm-hmm. So she's just like scraping it, like, and every couple seconds she stops and winces because she realizes, like, all you can hear is, <laughs> like, all the way across the floor. And it's supposed to be really quiet and meditative. There's nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. So she'll drag it a couple feet and then stop and kind of look around, like, wincing, like, did anyone notice that? And then drag it another couple feet. Trying to get it towards the door. And as she sees the uh, emissaries coming in and she sees Gep there, um, this whole thing go down. Gep kind of seems he's done discussing whatever he was discussing. She gets to the end of the aisle behind the, uh, behind the pews and looks over at Gep. And she assesses that Gep is probably pretty strong and she's seen him around here before. And he could probably carry this a lot easier than she does. So as she's dragging it, she's kind of trying to get his attention um, to see if she can catch his eye. Okay. Yep. Okay. Would uh, you catch any of this? What What are you doing exactly to to get to get his attention? Um, she's <laughs> sort of making exaggerated movements as she drags it and stopping to look over at him and uh, you know waiting for him to notice. And then if he looks at her, she's going to stop and sort of smile at him and pose in a way that might be suggestive. Okay. He would see that, and he would um, he would smile and would wave and say, Hi, Judy! <laughs> she would wave, like, with her hand going backwards, like, Come here! You know, like, gesturing at herself. Oh, okay, I'm coming. Um, <clears throat> Judy, as you look away um, from the statue... Mm-hmm. Do you bother to look back um, by the time that uh, Gep arrives? Uh, no, I think she's totally focused on Gep, like making a ridiculously fake smile. Okay. Um, there's a very faint sound, as if there's, you know, occasionally the people have had to chase some, some mice out from um, the pews in the past, so it wouldn't be too surprising a noise to be encountering. Um, but, Gep, do you, like, go through the crowd of the emissaries, or do you go behind them to get to, to Judy? Whatever the direct path is. 
Um, okay, well, it looks like from Acolyte Jeff's position at the altar that you go careening through them at about a 45-degree angle. Okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> it's like Rick Moranis the Paladin. <sighs> Make sure um, to tip, tiptoe around the snakes. He doesn't want to step on any of their pets. Okay. Uh, you kind of get the... I don't know if you've got the skills or the... Um, the score is to understand it, but you realize that there's a high degree of willpower being exacted by these um, other lizard creatures. Nope, towards no clue. Okay, well, <laughs> they essentially it's it's the willpower of the emissary that's keeping them from not responding to your uh-huh. your hodorness, as <laughs> it were. Um, okay, so you've just seen. Priest Judy, you've just uh, summoned Gep over, and uh, he's plowed his way through this group of whatever they are. You can tell that they are lizard creatures of some sort and a rather tall, cowled figure. Um, how does that generally make you feel, and uh, any reaction to the emissaries and stuff? I think Judy's rather single-minded and uh, fairly simplistic, so... As long as she's far enough away from these people, which she assumes are just your typical petitioners coming in, you know, to talk to Jeff. Uh, you know, and their, their faces are covered and whatever, and she's probably far enough away that she can't really see the snakes. So I don't, I think she's gonna be concerned and enough that she just really doesn't wanna be, you know, around, you know, people, but she's not going to be afraid necessarily. Okay. With that, um, Gep arrives, and we'll just continue that. So, you know, Gep is standing there before you. Um, you two uh-huh. can. She's going to continue to beam up at Gep. And Hi, Judy. Could... <laughs> Hi, Gep. And sort of hold her hands together, kind of wringing her hands and trying to look really helpless and being like, Gep, you know, you're so strong and you, you always guard the door. Mm-hmm. You know, can you take just a minute and, and help me lift this up? Because it's really heavy and I don't think it's supposed to be here. And, you know, I don't know what it is. We should probably take it outside and, you know, it could be dangerous for all I know. Maybe you could carry it for me. You, you need to go out. It should go outside. Yes, please. Okay. I'll oh. take it out. By the way, um, there's nothing, whatever she's indicating, there's nothing there. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take it out. What do you want me to get? And she's like, that thing right there, the giant stone right behind me. Uh, okay. What stone? And she'll turn around and look. There's nothing there. Uh, okay. Well, she'll look at the floor and see where, you know, some dirt or something, you know, bits of stone or something would be. And does she see a path from where it was at the window? Um, just from where you were, from where you were dragging something. Mm-hmm. But it could have been anything, but there's nothing to indicate that there is something where you've been right now. <laughs> okay. Um, she'll start to look around, just really confused as to what's going on. And just, um, look at her hands, see her hands are dirty. You know, something that proves that she didn't just, like, make this up, because now she feels fairly stupid. Um, just kind of looking around in this area. Okay. Um, the dagger is still in your pocket. Mm-hmm. But 
it's pretty dark under the uh, the pews and stuff, and you your initial explorations don't turn up anything. Okay. Uh, she's not willing to show Gep the dagger because, you know, he's a fighter and a warrior and whatever, and he might just decide to take it. Uh, so I guess she's going to turn at him and just kind of gesture with her hands out, just like, ah, you know. <laughs> she's like, I'm not sure where it went. Just kind Muted. of give an awkward laugh. Okay. Well, um, I gotta get back to, to guarding the door. If you find your big rock, I'll move it for you. Just tell me, okay? <laughs> okay, thanks. Sorry. It's okay. 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 And then she okay. kind of just, like, starts to wander around aimlessly, like, just trying to find this. It's gonna really bug her now. Okay. Um, eventually at some point, if you... If you want to, um, it looks like Jeff is trying to get your attention. Okay. But, you know, that can be entirely missed at your call and whatever. Okay? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep an eye, like, keep an eye on these uh, figures because I really, I'm not really supposed to be out here, like, in the, you know, it's one of those things, like, you know, when the church closes, the people take care of all the tasks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, she's in a fairly simple robe and not really, you know, being half-elf. Sometimes the reaction from people is not uh, so positive or half-eladrin. So she's kind of trying to stay in the shadows. But I would be paying attention to, to you know, Jeff and to these people. So if he's gesturing at me, I'll notice it. Okay. Um, your gesture, well, the gesture of Jeff towards you uh, appears to have made this cowled figure um, interested in you. Oh, great. And you can see as you're trying to plot your way to get from where you're at to where Jeff is versus the group that is heading towards the altar, the head of whatever this is is turned to face you. Okay. Um, well, pulling her her hood up, her cowl up, kind of hiding her ears and shadowing her face, she would kind of scurry over to Jeff, making sure that she keeps uh, him between her and the emissaries and just give him a slight bow. Okay. Jeff whispers quietly to you that he would like you to go alert the watch but not have them arrive. Um but there, there may be trouble and that you should try to find Xanatari or one of the other adventurers and you might find them in the, in the guild hall. Okay. Um, she would whisper back that she found this statue that looks like a gargoyle and when she tried to take it out, it disappeared. He kind of glances back as if counting the number of creatures that is accompanying this um, emissary, and he goes, was it gray then? And she would say yes. And he kind of tilts his head a little towards the, um, from where you're positioned at, you would be looking at the uh, left-hand side of the group. There is a roughly two foot to two and a half foot tall um, gargoyling figure. Like a living thing? Yes. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, she would squeak. And, she, and, and he's kind of like, before he squeak, he's like, like that. That? And she'd go, <laughs> and jump back and be like, oh, no. Like, I just kind of like freaked out that this thing that she was touching and dragging around was a real person. <laughs> he looks very earnestly at you and he's like, are you okay? Did, you know, did you, did you cut yourself? Is there anything, anything wrong? Anything found? Is there, you know, is there a problem that I need to know? Because I, I this, this is weird. <laughs> um, just going to glance at the gargoyling, like kind of underneath her, her, her downcast eyes and kind of just see if it's looking at her. Um, no, actually, it, it doesn't seem to have, you know, have marked her for any hate or hostility. Um, in fact, they all, the, the group has arrived at the base of the, um, the altar stairs and hasn't risen, you know, taken the steps up to, um, eye level with Jeff yet. They're just there. Um, a couple of the, um, other lizard creatures are looking around. But nobody sort of gesturing it, you know, at, at Judy or the other, at Gep, um, with sort of the, you know, we're going to cut your throats or any sort of that look. It just looks like they're part of the group. But um, you can pretty much tell that there's um, maybe on, like, one of the legs or something. It looks like there may be some drag marks, mm-hmm. <laughs> some, some dust or something that would indicate that probably, yeah, that's the one that you were dragging around. Okay. Um She's going to back away slowly and take a circular way around them to the front door towards Gep. Okay. Um, you notice that there's, starting to fill your nose, there's a lot of uh, smell of spice. But they're not spices that would have been encountered in a tavern before. Okay. So, just yeah. that there's... Not familiar you know. with the finer things. She's just going to smell it and mm-hmm. kind of note it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Um, Gep, are you just going to remain by the door, or what are you what are you going to do for this part? Um, well, I'll I'll remain by the door. Um, keep an eye on you know the the newcomers, but you know they're not going to do us any harm. They said so. He's not going to you know be right there next to him or anything. Uh, I mean, he always is waiting to hear if if Mister Jeff needs anything from him, but he'll. You know, his duty is to, to guard the door, so he's going to be guarding the door. Okay. Judy is coming up on you with uh, some degree of roundabout speed. Uh, anything to her? Hi, Judy. Did you find your rock? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Um, You see that group of people? Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that little guy, that was the rock. Oh, you thought a person was a rock? Well, it, it's a and it's a gargoyle, I think. It, it, it looks like a rock. It's a person that looks like a rock. It's gray. Oh, okay. Do you need me to take him outside? <laughs> no, but you should probably watch them because uh, Eglade Father Pope Jeff wants me to tell the watch that they need to be ready. Oh, okay. So, um. Well, we'll go go tell them then. <laughs> and she's kind of like sneaks out. You know, a foot and a half wide crack in the door and just slides between just pushing away through the crowd of people that are waiting outside to get in for the morning prayer and for for speaking to Jeff. So kind of slides through the crowd and and heads toward where the watch uh, guard place would be. Okay. 
Um, from Gip's vantage point, he sees Jeff take full notice of the group standing at the base of the altar. And there's another incline of the head, and some words are passed between the two of them. At which point, um, the emissary sort of gestures in both directions to the side, you know, for the, the pews on either side. And a few more words, and it looks like Jeff agrees that the party, that the, you know, the, the emissary group can, um, find places to sit or make it a little less formal. And a group of the, uh, lizardlings, lizardmen and the gargolings and stuff, splits off into different parts. These are sort of covered in the last episode as to where they eventually wind up. So you'll sort of see these creatures moving through the um, the different pews. Yeah. Finally, after about two minutes, Acolyte Jeff allows the emissary to come up onto the altar platform, keeping the altar between and you can tell that there is a series of um, discussions or a discussion that starts to take place. Okay. Jeff seems worried, concerned, but also kind of classically, for what you've seen of him, very um, in control of the situation. Okay. Doesn't seem like he needs you to come over and bash any heads, but... This maybe wasn't what he expected this morning when he woke up. Okay. This continues for a while before um, you start to see um, members of this traveling group that have been helping the town, town out. Okay. You know, they took out the uh, cultists recently up in the Shadowfell, and a bunch of other things. And they're heading in the way of um, the temple, the church. Okay. Anything that you wish to remark about the group that's heading this way from your perspective? I mean, are they are they near enough? I mean, are, are they just in the distance coming, or...? They're kind of in the distance coming, but they're moving at speed in this in this direction, so you'd be able to get a clear look at all of them. All right. Um, Gep would just sort of start bouncing on his feet. He's very excited because these um, people are some of his heroes. Okay. Uh, Priest Judy. Uh, Judy is heading for the uh, the town watch. And being a previous barmaid, she knows the town watch pretty well. So uh, probably in opposite direction from where uh, Zanatari, you know, says everybody's coming in. So she wouldn't see them, um, but she's she's traveling at speed, kind of running now toward the mm-hmm. town watch building and uh, trying to you know, alert them because she's concerned not only that uh, you know these guys might be a problem, but there's a lot of people outside the church that are going to become really uh, annoyed soon, and you know she wants to make sure that that Jeff is protected, but also that you know the church itself doesn't get. You know, people don't start to pound on things and break windows and whatever. Okay. All right. Um, anything in particular that you want to say to uh, the corporal of the watch once you find him? 
uh, basically just, you know, she'll smile and bat her eyes at him and, uh, you know, kind of laugh a little and, and just say, you know, that she's glad to see him, but then get sober and serious and, and say that Jeff, you know, Jim Bob, Hope, whatever Jeff had sent her because there, there are strangers in town and they, they are very, very strange and, um, they might be a problem and that they need to go quickly to, to the church and, uh, and make sure that the people outside and, and these strange, uh, visitors inside don't mean any, uh, any harm. Also, she would inquire about, um, where, where the, uh, the, the heroes of the town are, you know, are, are they here? You know, where, where is, you know, Thorn Cesar, Zanatari? Or do they know where where they are? Okay. The corporal is not aware of where they might be. Um, just they they were around within the last uh, week or two. But he will take, he summons his squad and they start to move at speed towards um, the church. Having at first possibly going to blow you off for being all kind of flighty that you might be wasting time. But they seem to take your sudden seriousness uh, quite um, seriously. Quite seriously. <laughs> quite the face, and uh, they take off. Okay, she's gonna follow behind them, um, lifting her skirts a little and running, but making sure that she's well behind them. Okay. Um, as you get near the church, you can hear the crowd murmuring that the. Um, the heroes are have arrived and have just gone inside. And with that, I think we will have Xanatari take us out. Thank you for listening. You can find more at deathd4decenter.com. Find us on Twitter at deathd4. Please take a listen to the Gray Area Podcast about advice and interviews on relationships between gamers at genesee.com. And join us next week for our worldwide adventure, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch.